BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, you ready? Let's go. From Fox 4 News in Kansas City. Are we rolling? Are we on? Hello? I'm Nick Vassos. <laughs> this is Signal Hill. Hi, everybody. Nick Vassos on Signal Hill. Thanks for dropping by once again. We're going to talk uh, movies right now. Specifically, we're going to be talking about Disney. We're talking remakes, sequels, big franchises. It's Disney's new model. Is it good or bad for movies? <laughs> Aladdin is one of four five, four live-action films that Disney is hoping to make a big pile of money on for shareholders. And with Disney acquiring Marvel Studios, Pixar Studios, Lucasfilms, Mickey is not just some small mouse anymore. They have a huge market share of all the studios in North America. And then you throw in the big uh, movies that are going to be debuting in 2019, like Toy Story 4, uh, The Lion King, uh, Frozen 2. Could it be Disney's biggest year yet? Oh, and don't forget The Rise of Skywalker, which is set to open <laughs> at the end of 2019. Here to talk about all of this and the Disneyfication of movies is our own Fox 4 film critic, Mr. Sean Edwards. Sean, good to visit with you again What's today. Up, Right on. Thanks yeah. a lot, Nick. Nick, man, I love it, man. I love, I, I love this podcast, man. Used to, I used to like follow you when you did radio back in the day, so I know how amazing you are in this format. So well, I, this I, is good for you, well, though, man. I do I love a little this. prep here because we're you have you to. know uh, this this idea this Disneyfication of movies. When you and I talked about this idea, I started thinking to myself, well, what what is a Disneyfication? So I looked it up. It's a Uh-oh, thing, we did Sean. Some, we did some research. It's an actual thing. No, it's a thing. real thing. I wouldn't have it to you if it wasn't a real thing. Since I didn't know, share with our audience, what is it? What is the Disneyfication well, to of movies? Well, keep it simple, yeah. you know, keep it simple, stupid. Disney is a movie studio, and they're basically taking over movies. It is simple and plain. They're they're the biggest, most profitable movie studio in the business right now. Like they may even be bigger than all the other movie studios combined when it's all said and done. Uh, they've gobbled up all the franchises that people are loving right now. Like like you mentioned earlier, like the Star Wars franchise. They own Lucasfilm. Like they can do so many things with that. Those are, you know, the you know the Force Awakens is still the all time highest grossing movie domestically ever. They own that franchise. Uh, they own Marvel. I mean, they've put out 22 Marvel movies. Um, Avengers Endgame will ultimately be the all-time highest-grossing movie ever globally. You know, and you, mm-hmm. have, you have other 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 titles like Iron Man, Thor, um, Black Panther, and then they even co-produce Spider-Man with Sony, so they get a piece of that. I mean, they they. they they own Marvel, you know, and then they, you know, they have their catalog that they can go back to. 
you know, because they, they created a lot of the classic animated movies back in the day, a lot of classic titles that they're now going back to and sort of like reimagining and remaking for new generations. You know, you can go back and remake Dumbo. You can go back and remake The Jungle Book. You can go back and, you know, remake The Lion King. They're, they're, they're going to remake every, they're going to remake everything. So, you know, they own all these, they own all these franchises. They have a tremendous catalog of classic titles and they're, they're smart. You know, what they're doing is smart. I mean, you know, whether or not what they're doing is good in terms of create creativity can be discussed otherwise, but what that, they're doing what, in terms of a business model, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really argue what they're doing with their business model and they're preparing for the future because the future, unfortunately for some, it's all about streaming platforms. Yeah, we're going to Disney get, Plus. We have to talk about that, and we're going to talk about that. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, artistic value yes, versus yes. Uh, satisfying board members. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong here, but in 1991, the Academy of Motion Pictures Art started the uh, best animation category, yes, right? Yes. And at that time, Pixar. Uh, in 1991, just steamrolled all the competition. They the, Every original Pixar uh, animated film For stretch. won. Now, there right. was a two-year stretch that Pixar put out a sequel, or, or not, uh, uh, yeah, a sequel to a movie, right. and they didn't come anywhere near that the original uh, films did. So there's an example of what critics say uh, hurts the creativity of a big behemoth like Disney. It does because you know from a from a creative standpoint, you know from a, just as a like take what I do as a film critic out of the picture, just as a, a moviegoer, just as someone who loves to go and watch film, just someone who has a big appreciation for cinema. I personally hate sequels and remakes. I I just you know I want to see filmmakers do something daring, something original. You know I want to see something. Yeah, I'm, I haven't seen before. Like, I was alive in 1994. I remember the original Lion King. I don't really need to see a remake of that. Like the original blew me away. That was good enough. I had one mm-hmm. of the best openings ever. A lot of lovable characters. Great songs. Good movie. Love it to death. I don't really need to see it again because you know I, I lived through that. Like you know, I was I was an adult when Beauty and the Beast was released as an animated feature. I didn't need to see the remake. You know, it's like, you know, why? You know, give, give me something different. Because at some point, they're going to run out of catalog material to remake. They're not going to be a lot of large franchises you can acquire. They're going to have to go back to delivering original movies. You just can't keep remaking everything. But right now, the business model suggests that people love it. You know, Aladdin's doing well. Toy Story 4 is doing well. All the Marvel movies do well. So right now, people still love comic book movies. They still are, are, you know, in love with the Star Wars franchise. And they don't mind, you know, remakes and sequels so much because Disney is killing it at the box office. But from a creative standpoint, I am, look, I'm oversaturated with comic book movies. Like, they're all doing the same thing now. Um I don't really like sequels, you know, do something different. And the remake thing is really annoying to me. Personally, the remake thing is very annoying. So is Disney hurting themselves by releasing Not right now. All, all of these gigantic movies, like all in one year, like 2019? Are they going to be swallowed up by themselves? I mean, we're re- releasing all these huge movies? Uh, maybe potentially, but they're going to make so much money in 2019 that they can probably live off the profits for a while. I mean, they're going to they're going to have the 
they're going to have the biggest year a studio has ever had this year because, you know, it began with sort of like Endgame. Don't forget right. they had Captain Marvel. It's going to end with Star Wars. And you had all, you know, they have the Spider-Man sequel. was released. Right. And then I they mean, have the, you know, you have the sequels in between and the remakes in between. And they're, they're all going to do well. I don't, I don't think any of the movies are going to flop. I mean, even, a, even Dumbo, which really wasn't that good and didn't do that well, still made like large sums of money. There are a lot of filmmakers that would love to have the box office returns that Dumbo had. But then they, they have just mega hits. It's, they they're just they're just they're gobbling up the world. I mean, you know, Endgame and Star Wars together. I mean, those two movies alone may net the company. <laughs> I don't know what billions. three or four billion dollars yeah. just on those two movies. So you know, from a business standpoint, I guess they know what they're doing. But from a creative standpoint, it's just you know, it's it's sort of to me personally, it's just a tad bit depressing. Well, you know what and. They are so big that they have this luxury that, you know, they can afford to miss on some, Sean. And that the other studios are out there, they are, they probably have even more pressure to create something, you know, that's going to do, you know, is this going to do well? We've got this one chance to do well against Disney that's got all of these huge movies coming well, out. Well, yeah, that pressure, the, well, the, the, pressure's always been, the pressure's always been there, especially like in, in the comic book realm, you know, because of the whole, you know, Avengers, that, that whole conglomeration of bringing all these different characters together in one movie, you know, it, it forced DC Comics, which is, you know, their distribution deal is through Warner Brothers so it's really forced Warner Brothers to try to come up with a, with a similar scenario and so they did Justice League and you know it just mm-hmm. wasn't as successful their individual character rollouts you know except for maybe Wonder Woman has not been as been as strong but they've gone in sort of a, a different direction I mean the Marvel movies have been tailor made for mainstream consumption you know they've that's what they've done well they've, they've tailored a lot of this for mainstream consumption the marketing is is for mainstream the the product that they deliver is mainstream the whole game plan is it, it's mainstream it's it's mainstream consumption and Dang, they're going good, with they are they're, they're going with the, you know they're, what I mean? they're going they're going with the um they're going with the familiar like I said they own a catalog of classic movies so it starts there like a lot of people know Cinderella a lot of people know Beauty and the Beast a lot of people know Lion King a lot of people know Dumbo and Pinocchio and Snow White Christopher and Robin the, yeah, all, yeah all of those Peach I mean, Dragon The Jungle they, Book they know that Maleficent at, at surface level most people know those stories so when they redo them I mean it's not a, you're not really having to like start from scratch to, to sell the product and then if the product's decent it's going to take off if the product is exceptional, it just it blows you away. I mean, you know, the one thing that sort of mystifies me is sort of like the the Latin, the recent Aladdin movie. Like people know that story, mm-hmm. and the remake wasn't that great, but it's it's just taken off. I, I think a lot of credit probably goes to Will Smith. He was fun as the genie, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes you get X factors like that, but you know, that's another thing that they're getting stars because you want to be a part. It's like the Marvel movie has a treasure trope of stars. Like, you got Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, you know, you know, Chris Hemsworth, mm-hmm. you know, Chadwick Boseman. You got you got all these people that people know. I mean, the same thing with, with Aladdin. Same thing with the, 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 the cast of the, the cast of the Lion King is incredible. I mean, you have Seth Rogen, Donald Glover. You know, they got Childish Gambino at the height of his career. You know, Beyonce and, and James Earl Jones is back. I mean, so, you know, people want to, you know, people want to be a part. So, I mean, how can you argue, like, if the business model is solid and you have artists who want to participate and you have filmmakers who can deliver, how can you argue against it? So it, it seems to be working. How long can this last? Yeah, that's the question I want to know. You've touched right. on a little bit earlier, but can Disney keep it up? Oh, man, that's the that's the 
that's the million dollar question. I mean, everyone keeps talking about like, let's start with comic book movies. They keep talking about like comic book fatigue. Like, where's the cliff? When are people going to get, because at some point there will be a cliff. You know, when are people going to get tired of comic book movies? You know, can they, can they do another 22 Marvel movies? Probably not. Definitely not at the same level as the first 22. Right. The first 22, that 10 year span was like, unlike anything we'd ever seen before. That's like, you know, that's like Haley's comment. I think that's like like a once in a lifetime where every beat was right, everything they did went the right way. There were very few mistakes. Most of the movies at best were, you know, subpar and above. Can they do another 22 like that? I mean, who knows? Because now you're digging deeper and deeper into the comic book territory and our mainstream fans are really into all those nuances. You're going to get splinters. in the weeds you're going to want yeah, another yeah, 20 yeah. years. No, no, exactly. Yeah. And they got lucky with a couple. I mean, because you yeah. got to remember when they released Iron Man, no one really knew who Iron Man was. They got away with Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, Black Panther was an anomaly. You know, who knew? Like, you know, before Black Panther came out, you would have never said, oh, my God, this is going to blow so many people away. I mean, that movie was a game right, changer yeah, it, on it, so it, many yeah, levels. Yeah, so they've been lucky. So I don't know if they can do the 22 again. Now, in terms of the back catalog, at, at some point, you know, you're going to run out of material. And you can't do a remake of Song of the South. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point, you're going to get to where so, you just can't. There's just nothing left to remake unless we start doing, like, you know, like Shakespeare plays where you get – three or four or five different versions of Snow White and three or right. four different versions of The Lion King. But, you know, we won't be around for that. Right. But, but I mean, they can they can do that. Recent history, though, shows that uh, the the comic book genre, uh, Avengers Endgame, is about ready to become the all-time biggest film it's ever. Sure. It's just pretty close. It's pretty close to Avatar, Avatar right now. The the, the 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 next one that was j- just released, Spider-Man, has done very well. Spider-Man despite did great. It being, was it released on like a Tuesday or something? Well, yeah. That, but they had a specific strategy for that. They knew that movie was going to do well. I mean, the Spider-Man movies always do well, and this one was more closely aligned to Marvel, so, just like Homecoming. So, How do you judge the success pedigree. of a franchise? How do you judge the success of a movie? You, you can't, you it's can't a lot just, of different ways. Right. You see, it's not just cash or not just no, I don't, hardware. I mean, how, how do you look into yeah, it? Yeah, I don't, I don't like to get into that because, you no, know, judging a movie on creative merit is completely different from judging a movie, you know, by its box office. Because, I mean, I can sit here and talk box office. I can tell you what movie is going to make what. And, you know, box office is different from creative merit. I mean, yeah, I mean, a classic movie is a movie that stands the test of time. It's a movie that people still go back and watch 10, 15, 20 years later. There have been movies that, like, flopped at the box office that have become classics. Like, Shawshank Redemption flopped at the box office. But if you ask most people, they'll be like, that's That's, a classic movie. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, no one saw it when it was released theatrically. You know, or sometimes you have a movie that, it's both a box office hit and artistically, it's it's terrific. Like Titanic, Titanic was a huge box office hit, but it's also an amazing film on a lot of levels, and it won a lot of Oscars to prove the point. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have the combination of both, or sometimes you have a movie that's a, a box office hit, and then years later people are scratching their head like. I don't know what I was thinking about, <laughs> right? <laughs> but this movie's terrible now, you know. And so sometimes it it works that way. I mean, artistically, I would just like to see Disney take more chances from a business model standpoint. You you kind of get what they're doing, and you mm-hmm. know what? Like someone told me a long time ago, numbers don't lie, people don't lie. The box office is proving its point, but I mean, I just don't know how all these other studios are going to compete because. By the end of this year, when you tally up the top 10 movies at the box office, Disney may have 9 out of 10. Easy. 
That's just that's nuts. Yeah, that's, we've never seen anything like that before. But it's also dangerous that one studio is so powerful and and, and so in control because then that's that's ultimately that's not good for consumerism. You know, that's going that's going the wrong mm-hmm. way for the good of consumer. That's just like, like if there was only one grocery store chain. Like just think about it that way. If there's only one grocery in other store words, chain, monopoly. Yeah, and that's not good for pricing. That's not good for variety. That's not good for for a number of things. So you actually want to you know you want to be careful. I mean, congratulations to Disney for that. And it's funny because they're still saying they're not making a lot of money, but. <laughs> It's like, you know, so I don't, you know, who, but I mean, they own so many things. They own theme parks and TV stations and, and other things. So who knows what a drain is coming, but it's not coming from the theatrical box <laughs> office. That's for sure. And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. I want to read no, you a quote from Walt Disney who once said, Disneyland will never be completed. It will continue to grow as long as there is an imagination left in the world. In this century, Disney isn't just the architect of imagination, it's the landlord. No, nah, that's a great quote. Because no, because proof in point, you know this better than anyone, they just opened a new Star Wars park. So yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna keep growing because you know what's you know what's coming next? Avengers Land. Like right, all, all of that. Yeah, I mean, it's no, no. Disneyland and Disney World will continue to grow, and that's what that's what this is all about. Like you know, people tend to only look at this from one point of view. It, you know, Disney's model is about more. That's why the Disneyfication of movies is so fitting, because it's more than just about movies. Yeah, sure, movies are the starting point. You have to look at Disney movies like two-hour commercials, because then it's about. The merchandise and licensing. It's about the toys. It's about the it's about the bed sheets. It's about the furniture. Then it's about let's create something in the theme park. So then it's about the experience. So like it's about going to see like Toy Story Four and then buying all the Toy Story toys. Then going to Disney World or Disneyland and then you know getting on the Toy Story ride and shaking hands with the you know, the mascot Woody and the mascot <laughs> Buzz Lightyear, right. you know, and you know charging people in the park to take a photo for five dollars with Woody and five dollars with Buzz and buying the plastic cup of soda that costs twenty dollars oh. for Coca Cola in the Buzz Lightyear cup. Like it's like it's it's all of that. It's it's a reciprocal. So you know, Toy Story 4 is just a base. It's a reminder and a two hour long commercial that you need to go visit Disneyland and Disney World and then go to Target and Walmart and buy a bunch of toys <laughs> or order them off of Amazon. It's it's consumer. It's it's when you look back at it, it's like consumerism at its best. I mean, if if Walt Disney were alive today, he'd be standing with his hands up in the air with the victory pose. Because I mean, he he they they nailed it. I mean, you, they nailed it. Now, whether or not this is good for movies is a different thing. But for a business model, they nailed. I mean, what can you say? They nailed it. Mm. You know, if, if, that's what it is. But you know, I just there's so many other good original movies that are getting buried that it's you know it's un, it's unfortunate because mm. you know the the cinematic experience should be diverse and you know open to you know different types of genre different types of movies and you know what Hollywood's better when all the studios are thriving not just mm-hmm. one so it's it's scary you know you just don't want one studio to dominate <laughs> and then it gets to a point where as a film critic you want there to be variety because if it's just one studio and you, you get on their bad side then you're you're toast you know, you know? Black vault, see yeah you later. man I know you don't want to be you know just you know, don't be mad at me because I didn't like Aladdin <laughs> like, <laughs> hey we are chatting with our Fox World film critic Sean Edwards it's and we're a, talking about the distification of movies go ahead Sean 
Yeah, no, it's just a it's a it's a different world right now. And then the, the one thing that I touched on just a little bit earlier, like a lot of this is all preparation for the streaming takeover. Let's talk it's, about yeah. That's, that's where I was going to move to man, the, uh, the seventy one billion dollars in Fox assets. I think to go along with the other yes. studios that they have and. Uh, so, for example, okay, here's the thing. Okay, Sean, I've got uh, darn near all of the Star Wars uh, movies either on some sort of CD or I've got them saved right. in my DVR as digitally, well right? Should. As okay? well you should. And they're on a different platform. They might be on, right. I think it might be on Amazon now or something like that, okay? Well, Disney's going to start their streaming service, and guess what? They're going to move all those movies exclusively over there to them, right? Gone, gone. So, all on so Disney Plus. My Star Wars movie that I can, you know, click on and watch with my son over the weekend just to pass a little bit of time. That's going to be gone. I won't do that. I have to go buy a subscription with Disney now. Get it. Well, that's that's the funny thing. People were loving these whole streaming platforms at first because it allowed them the ability to say, "I no longer need cable." Because for some consumers. The cable bill was a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. It's outrageous. So people were like, "I'm not man, two hundred dollars just to like watch television. You get out of here." In these 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 early streaming platforms, you pay five bucks and content galore. Right. The problem now is Netflix opened everyone's eyes because Netflix had everybody's stuff. They had Warner Brothers stuff, Disney stuff, Paramount, Universal, everybody's stuff. These studios woke up and were like, "Hey, right, wait a minute." They're charging consumers X amount of dollars for a monthly subscription and keeping all the dough and then paying us pennies to show our content. So they were like, let's just start, you know, once the technology was there, they were like, let's start our own, keep our content, and we can make the same amount of money as Netflix. The problem is, though, the consumer confusion is about to be at an all-time high. And then how many people out there are going to pay a monthly fee for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different streaming services. You're right back at what you were paying for cable. You're, because you gotta you gotta give Netflix fifteen like say August first is coming. So mm-hmm. August first, you was telling you're telling me I gotta give Netflix fifteen dollars. I gotta give Disney ten dollars. I gotta give Hulu eight dollars. I gotta give Amazon Prime twelve dollars. I gotta give Warner Brothers fifteen dollars. Paramount ten dollars. Like there's no. your hundred dollar cable bill again. You're right back at two. You're you're right back at you're right back at two hundred dollars. So now you're about to see this competition in the marketplace, and I, I think it's going to weed itself out. I think everyone's going to have a streaming service for a couple of years, and then it's going to go back and shrink. Because it's just like the early days of the music industry, where you had all these different like you know when they found out how you could recoup money from music, mm-hmm. and you had a lot of different services. Now all of a sudden it's slowly like shrinking back into you know just just a few. You know, Pandora just got purchased by SiriusXM, so that that's gone from two to one. And you know, Spotify's kind of like figured out that we can we can survive this. And Apple Music's trying to rethink their strategy, but it's 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 condensing. The same thing's going to happen with all these different you know entertainment content platforms. Where yeah, everyone's going to try it for a little while, but I think it's gonna it's gonna shrink back down. But if any studio can survive it, it's, it will probably be Disney Plus because of the wealth of catalog material they have that appeals to a certain demographic. You're, you're always going to have families. Like, humans aren't going to stop having babies today. There's always going you know, to... There, there will always be kids. So, you know, their zone of mm-hmm. what they specialize in, it, it's, 
it's it's perfect for what they for what they are trying to do, and the fact that they acquire like Star Wars and Marvel, which have a lot of classic titles, I think they're going to be okay. The trickier ones would be like because people don't know movie studios anyway, so the trickier ones would be like when Warner Brothers gets their own service, or when BET gets their own service, or when you know Paramount gets their own service. That's just too much out in the marketplace. Plus, I have the Netflix button on my remote. That makes it really easy. Right. <laughs> I don't want to fish around. Like, so Netflix is going to be okay, and Disney Plus is going to be okay. But I think at some point in time, everyone's going to try to like mimic this Disney model that's become so successful that it's creating intense jealousy out in Hollywood. I want to ask you about one person who's, who, who may be responsible for a lot of this disnification. And that's Bob Iger. And some <laughs> people might have their, their good or bad feelings exactly. about him, but but holy cow. I mean, this guy, I read you that quote about Walt Disney yes. about it never stopping to grow. It seems like that Bob Iger has ran with that quote and then some. Man, he is responsible for all the letters in the spelling of Disneyfication. He's, <laughs> it's his game plan. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, he's, he is the Bill Belichick of the entertainment industry. That's who he is. Yep. Yeah, well, you hate him or love him, he always wins. I, you can hate the Patriots, you can love the Patriots, but they do one thing consistently. Within our, you know, this generation, they they win. You know, they win because they're good at strategy, but they're also good at executing that. See, that's what it's about. Like a lot of people come up with great game plans, but Bob Iger's been able to execute. Mm-hmm. Like you know. He, whether you agree or disagree with some of his methods, it's still it's it's a, it's about execution, and that's what that's what Disney's been able to do. They've been able to execute like a well designed game plan, just like Bill Belichick, with different pieces. Mm-hmm. See, they, that's the beautiful thing about it. they don't rely on they're not relying they're not relying on the same old pieces. They're just they're, they're different pieces. They they tap this person to do this, this person to do that, mm-hmm. that person. I mean, you know, you got Kevin Feige at Marvel, and you know, you got. You know, the whole team over at Lucas and then they, they let them run and they have the assets to give them the money to play to, 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 to create. Wow. And, and, it, and it works. Hey, uh, with all of that power, uh, with all of the money that Disney has, they have a lot of power. They have uh, too much power. They can wield uh, and influence a lot of people. I got I want one specific yes. question here, and this is is going to sound a, a little political here, but the state Uh-oh. of Georgia, Uh-oh. like the state of Missouri, yes, uh, passed uh, in a new abortion law that's being challenged right now. But essentially, right. it is a uh, it's 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 a heartbeat abortion law. When they can detect a, a heartbeat in the fetus, uh, then uh, abortions become illegal. Illegal, after right? That. So. Georgia passed that. And as we have talked about, in fact, I think it was the first podcast we had on Signal Hill, we talked about production, production, how Atlanta, Georgia has become uh, sort of ground zero for a lot of what uh, uh, Disney is doing in, in, in terms of making Black Panther, Captain America, every Marvel Civil movie, War. every Marvel movie, every been shot Marvel in movie is there. And Bob Iger has recently come out, has been quoted as saying, look, if this becomes law, we might consider pulling our whole production out of the city of Atlanta or out of the state of Georgia. Out of the state of Georgia, correct. So, I mean, we don't know the law is settled yet. I don't know, you know, this this was a quote that was about maybe you no, know, exactly. three, three weeks right, ago. Right. But it's that kind of power from Disney that perhaps can influence people and maybe even some of the laws in the state. Well, it's definitely going to influence uh, the laws in certain states. Um, 
I'm not quite sure of the actual figures. I'll just say billions of dollars have been generated from production in Georgia. I actually went to college in Atlanta, and the Atlanta that I lived in is completely different from the Atlanta that exists now, and it's primarily because of the film industry. It's amazing. It's nuts. I tell people all the time, like a lot of people take vacation to LA because they want to go to Hollywood to see famous people. I'm like, you're more likely to see someone famous in Atlanta than you will in LA because everyone's down there working. I mean, this in Marvel's just, you know, what Marvel does and what Disney does in Georgia is at the tip, tip of the iceberg. I was actually talking to a prominent director one time and he told me he loved shooting in, in Atlanta because at any given time there are 40 to 50 TV shows being shot every day. So it allows you to, like, a lot of people, when they're in between projects, are A-list type people, Mm A-list camera people, editors, set set decorators, that sort of, you can find talent down there, like, instantly. Wow. Because there's just so much going on. So ultimately, there's there's so much, there's so much money and so much revenue being made that, yeah, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of power and influence and some things may or may not happen mm-hmm. be, because of that. And, you know, I, I know there's certain things that are done to force other issues, to force certain things up the ladder, mm-hmm. like to get certain cases heard at the Supreme Court. But I think at the end of the day, I, I think that if they're smart, I think the, the politicians that are in Georgia are going to be like, look, you know, this economic engine, like we, we got to come to you some sort of compromise mm-hmm. or drop this because it's, it's a huge economic engine. Should Bob it's Iger, more, should he inject himself into that conversation with Disney? If he feels that strongly about it, he should. I mean, I personally say no, but if, mm-hmm. if someone feels that strongly about it, I mean... Could he get pressure from... You know, actors or that's where it's or, coming from. No, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah well, producers. He, well, yeah, that's that's, that's 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 part of it. Because remember, I said like they they you know mm-hmm. a lot of creative people want to be a part of the Disney team. Well, you can't be successful without these creative people. You know, Iron Man's not Iron Man without Robert Downey Jr. You know, if there was some other dude playing Iron Man, that thing would have been a flop because our perception of who Tony Stark is is Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. Because he amazingly just flipped that whole thing. So if Robert Downey Jr. is like, I don't want to work in a state that has laws that, you know, offend me personally, they have to at least listen because, you know, this the, the Avengers... Like that whole thing hinged on the popularity of, of let, let's be real, it hinged on the popularity of Robert Downey Jr. Right. Like, <laughs> all this other stuff doesn't have. Like, the, the other guys are great and all, but the, the success of that, those first 22 movies mm-hmm. was all about Robert Downey Jr. Even when you're watching Spider-Man Far From Home, they're still talking about Tony Stark. So I'm like, they I thought sure Tony are. Stark was dead. <laughs> they still talking about, so that's, show, so if Robert Downey Jr. is not, like if a talent like a Robert Downey Jr. is not happy, I mean, he has to list. I mean, you, you mean you know, if you have like an A-list directors on a, you know, if John Favreau was like, "Look, man, I don't really feel comfortable working in a state like Georgia because they're doing some weird stuff with these laws," mm-hmm. they have to at least listen. It's more problematic for us here in Missouri because we haven't jump started our production here. So if they pass some laws that people aren't comfortable with, then it's an easy bypass. Yep. Which is the unfortunate thing. So I I, I think that. You know, things like that will affect Missouri 
more than it will affect Georgia because Georgia's already in play because they've already showed them, like to, to, to quote Cuba Gooding Jr., they've already showed them the money. <laughs> right. Once you get the money, it's, it's, once you get the money on the table, it, it's hard to be, it's hard to look at a pile of cash right. and be like, and like be like, you know what? I don't really want this. <laughs> you know, but when you ain't got no money on the table, you be like, man, y'all table's empty. Like we just, we gonna holler back. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, so the Georgia thing is a lot more, <clears throat> the Georgia thing is a lot more complicated in Missouri. Like it's, it's an unfortunate situation for Missouri mm-hmm. because you just don't want that back and forth because then there's no reason. They're like, well, look, they got wacky laws or laws that we don't feel comfortable with. So we'll just, hey. We'll just sidestep that. Georgia's a whole different. They got, they got, they built full sound stages and studios down there. You can't leave those things empty. You know how bad right. an empty strip mall looks? Oh. Can you imagine like oh. 20, 20 full blown <laughs> sound stages empty? A you, ghost town? Nah, yeah, no. you're not, you're not dealing no. with that, no. man. And then all those people who have reloaded, you know how much like, tax money they'll lose. You know how many people who have moved mm. to Atlanta specifically because, it, I mean, they can easily move back to L.A. And you don't, I mean, I'm, you're talking tens of thousands of people. So, I mean, I, I think this one, you know, it's, it's going <laughs> to, the Georgia thing is going to work itself out. Where you where it gets tricky is like a state like Missouri where the production hasn't started. So it's easy to be like, eh, we don't even want that fight. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy yeah. how it plays out. I mean, it will be. It will another be, but example that's, of just the, the tentacles of, the, of, but of Disney, Disney and just how it reaches out across. But that's what it's going to come you know? down to. Like cultural laws could be determined by someone as big as Disney because they are pumping so mm-hmm. much money into the state of Georgia where they can dictate legislation. At least have an influence on how what direction the legislation goes in. Mm-hmm. That, that, and you know, influence, power, influence is everything. No doubt. So that's a, that's a great question. It could it could happen. You know, but it, it's funny that all this stuff gets mixed together because they. I mean, people are not. No matter how people feel about certain things, no one's ever going to stop watching Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're really trying to tell me you're not going to go see the new Star Wars movie because you you have hurt feelings about Disney. That's not going to happen. You're not going to go see the new Marvel movie because you don't believe in. You know the influence that Disney held. No, that's these these. They're winning this because they figured out this entertainment model so well and so thoroughly that people are going to study this years down the road. It's worth studying. It's a, it's an incredible business model. It's just it's bad for creativity. That's why I sit in the corner and cry because it's bad. For, it's bad. For, it's like it's bad for creativity. Well, I just I can't. I mean, I've seen Toy Story. I don't need to see three more. Yeah. Well, I is, I knew Toy Story cool. 4, though, was critically acclaimed. It's, it's, it's okay. Okay. It was okay. You he's provi- cool. He's <laughs> cool. You gonna... provided a great segue into my last question right. here that we're going to ask you. We've, we've, we've been a bit critical of Disney. We've been... Not really. Kind of, I celebrated. Yeah, we've been talking about... I said their business model's terrific. Right. But then we've talked about some, some things that... are good. Right. But um, as, as, a, as a film critic and as somebody who watches the industry and right. has, has lived in it and has Man, interviewed yeah. so many stars... Yeah, surrounded um, by it. Tell me about... About what what does Disney get right? What do they do well? Can you give me some some ideas oh, about can, what? No, what's I can the tell best, you best like could, three or four things I they do. I can tell you exactly what they do well. They market their product exceptionally. They 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 market because they understand the target demo for everything they release, whether it's Star Wars, Avengers, Pixar, 
whatever. They understand the target and they they market very they market their product very well. They know exactly who they need to capture. They know exactly who they need to come out and see whatever movie they're releasing at the time. And they have a gate they have a great distribution model. And another thing that Disney's done right, Disney understands the global marketplace probably better than any other studio. They understand it's not just about American eyes. It's about what people are watching in Brazil, what people are watching in England, what people are watching in Russia, what people are watching in Kenya. Their their global model is their global. That's why they're winning. Like their, their, their U.S. numbers are solid, but their global numbers are exceptional. You know, they made inroads into China. You know, all their movies they play very well into China. You know, they're still struggling a little bit with the Star Wars franchise, but that's sort of a that's a cultural hiccup thing. Mm-hmm. But they still make a ton of money. But they they understand the distribution models globally. They do that. So the marketing and understanding the distribution models globally is what Disney does very well. Now, you know, some of their movies work, some of them don't. If they could just pick up a little bit in the creative space, man, they'll be, it's game over. But they, they do fairly well. I mean, I enjoy a lot of their movies. I just, you know, a lot of the Marvel movies are good. I've, I've been blown away by by a couple of the Marvel movies. Um, man, the Star Wars thing's been a struggle for me, but that's a, that's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Just because I was I was a, I was a kid when the first three came out, and I just haven't cleared that hurdle yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't cleared the hurdle. I'm, I just I have it. I it's it's I just remember 1977. Like I, I, I'm not sure any movie, a Star Wars next movie. Like I don't know the Rise right. of Skywalker. I don't think we'll ever get that feeling back, no, Sean. Because no, you and I are close in age. No, that's what, no, we are. No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's just the, that's why I preface with like. As a personal thing, I just have not cleared that hurdle. I, I just, I just wish I could take people who aren't born then back. It's it's hard to imagine that sense of awe. It, it's hard to imagine seeing something that you had completely never seen before. Like so, that's just a personal thing. Like because to me, like the Empire Strikes Back is one of the best movies. Like ever. Like I I think Empire Strikes Back is better than Godfather one and two, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I yeah. happen to agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, Five popcorn bags on this no, guy no. on the other side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, no, Empire, like, this, uh, people, I don't, it's it's hard, because now we live in a world where you have Twitter and Facebook, like, the, if that movie came out now, they so, if so, would the guy, they'd be like, oh my God, Han Solo gets frozen. <laughs> Guess what? Darth Vader's Luke's dad. Like, they would have killed everything. Like, but remember back then, that was so oh, shocking. Like, yeah. I literally have never heard gasp in a theater since, like, where people were like, what? What? what did he just say? Like, it was, you can't, re- so I guess, like, there's, I don't think there's anything you could, like, what can top that? You know, you, you go, Han Solo's gonna live forever. He got frozen. Like what? Like, that your explanation right there <laughs> explains exactly how I felt when I watched that movie. Yeah, the first one, New Hope. Yeah, no, the first, so, but the first, yeah, the first one was more amazing from a different level. The first one was more amazing because it was like, oh man, never seen anything like that nah, before. Man, ever. It was like, man, they got like gorillas flying right. planes, and Luke Skywalker was he had the the hair was good. Princess Leia was pretty, and it was like <laughs> Darth Vader was genuinely scary. It was like you know, he's like, oh my god, and that voice because you had no. Oh. See, back then you didn't know spoilers. Like you had no idea his voice. I, as a kid, I knew, had no idea that was James Earl Jones. I was just like, this is like the scariest dude that ever lived. But no, Disney. I mean, they they have the money. I just I'm looking forward to the next one though. That's the only movie I'm looking forward to this year. This well, left on the this left on the this uh, left on the table. 
that I'm like genuinely like, okay, because you know, they went back to a lot of, you know, this third one is like, this is the one. So it's like, all right, I, all right. I, I hope, I hope it is, and yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't matter if if it is or if it isn't. Nice. I'm gonna be there watching. Well, just that's like what said. I said. Yeah, it's just it's, like it's you one said. of those things. They've, they've, Disney has captured the imagination of the public to where they put out movies that you already know you're going to see. Like, come on, Frozen two, like two. That's how, how many little girls live on the planet? It's done. They already mm-hmm. know how much money that's going to make right now. Mm-hmm. Like, are they not? You know, could they been going to the Disney on Ice things? Like, I've spent so much money on Disney on Ice oh. that if I didn't take them to see the movie, I, you wouldn't see a, me anymore. My a great my, release my kid, date around the holidays. Kid, oh, All the man, families are going to be going there in droves. So, yeah, like I said, at the end of the year, nine out of the top ten grossing movies will be Disney movies. Well, let's be sure and get uh, back at the end of the year, if not before then, Sean, and let's talk about that and see how, uh, you know, just kind of maybe add up their big pile of money at the end of the year and see how well they did. Like I said, the Disney vacation movies, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing, but it's something to keep your eye on. All right. Sean Edwards, great to see Thanks you, man. Lot, man. I always love our no, conversations, it's great, man. man. This is great. This podcast is dope. I and your knowledge and your... Podcast uh, is amazing, Yeah, man. they're great. You do, great. You, do great. you do a great job, man. Thank you, you my really friend. Uh, we will certainly talk to you again. And don't forget, uh, Russ and Sean have their uh, popcorn bag reviews every Friday. You also, they got a Facebook page. Sean, what's your Facebook page? Uh, it's, not Fox a, Fa- it's Facebook, Fox Facebook. 4 Screening Room. And yeah. you also have a YouTube page, too. Tell yeah, us about the YouTube well, page. Well, it's the Fox 4 YouTube page. Fox 4 It's not ours. It's Fox 4. It's Fox 4's YouTube page um, we, we do a lot and then we do a lot of we've been doing a lot of Facebook live and giving away some cool stuff um, just so you can you know Win a couple of free movie passes. You recently gave away some 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 Lion King stuff yeah, too. Yeah, we did. Gave away a talk. That's because Disney. I told you they know how to market. They gave ta- away. They gave me a talking Simba to give away. And and you had two thousand people online waiting to win yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and That's even more crazy. people. Is, isn't that nuts? You're selling <laughs> Disney merchandise now, Sean. What the heck? Oh, man, I, I, I know. They man. have reeled you in. Can, can, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine? No, uh, I remember when I first started working at Fox Four. Mike McDonald was the news director. Right. Can you imagine Mike McDonald? What did you do today? <laughs> Give away a Simba <laughs> on air. That's not breaking news. <laughs> oh, that is classic. He'd have been like, he would have slammed Holy the cow. door shut. What's going on in this place? Now, if that is not a, an example of disnification, I don't know what yeah, is. That's why I said, yeah, they got me holding up a they got me holding up a Simba on there. Here, you can win this. Oh, and my it talks. Gosh. Oh, that was awesome. All right, folks. Hey, you can find uh, this podcast, Signal Hill, uh, along with other podcasts that we have at foxworkkc.com slash podcast. Abby, Mark, uh, Joe's got one. Uh, Kim and uh, Shannon also have one called It's a Date. And then we have Ask the Experts. Anyone I'm missing out there, fellas, that I'm missing? Crazeology. Crazeology when we talk about music. Uh, so, and... I like Joe's. Yeah, Joe, like Joe's, Joe's Weather World. I like yeah. Joe's Weather World. So uh, it's real simple to uh, if you want to know about our podcast uh, and you're uh, and you go to Facebook, you can go to Fox Four um, Podcast. Fox 4 Podcast on Facebook, and if you like the page, you'll automatically get a notification when we drop the next uh, podcast, whether That's it be fancy. across our all all of our uh, <laughs> all of our podcasts we have, and they keep on growing, man. So <laughs> we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and uh, what else am I missing here? Spotify. And Spotify. Oh, Spotify, Spotify is the big yeah. one. Yeah. I have a Spotify account. Uh, good. <laughs> for our Fox 4 movie critic, Sean Edwards. Thanks a lot, man. I'm Nick Vassos. Thanks for listening to Signal Hill. 